Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books, and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There's a link in the description down below. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name, of course, is Sunny. I am your host. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Yo! And, of course, we want to go ahead and thank today's sponsor for today's video. We want to thank ETB Games, who should have been an ad played right before this. But a huge thank you to ETB Games, as well as all of our other sponsors. Of course, we have the wonderful gem accessories, the marvelous Millennium Threads, and, of course, we cannot forget about Dragon Shield and TCG Player. So, if you are interested in any of those, we have a discount code down below for gem accessories. You can find a, uh, I think it's 10% off your first order for gem accessories. And there's also a 10% off discount code for Millennium Threads. And then if you use the TCG Player or Dragon Shield affiliate links before you shop, they help support the podcast directly. So with that said, let's go ahead and thank our biggest sponsors, who are, of course, our patrons. So a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Top Cutch, Trouble Sunny, and Caleb, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Zyphrus, Yeet the Feet AD, Blackwing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Earth Machine, best deck, Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game as a Floodgate, Sprite Farter, the Top Cut Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mystic Mine, sure, 
Unbanned number 95 Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. Yes, I still play Beast Troopers. It is a decently good deck. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, I disagree. But uh, Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck. Beast Troopers are Rogue. <laughs> Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Drink Every Time Sunny Disagrees with Caleb, Fur Hire Dog Turd, Heroes Pebble Cereal. Oh, Heroes Pebble Cereal. Oh, Heroes. Uh, okay, okay, I like that. Uh, Jerry Beans, man. King, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Schlaking It Up, a Sunny is a Freaky Worm Guy, and a Vampire for All Lines. The only waifu a person should have. Isn't that right, Sunny? I still don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I if I agree or not. Well, I know I don't, but you know. Okay, so we want to take just a moment to give the biggest of shout outs to the one and only Mr. Hani Jahari, who just about an hour ago as of this recording won YCS Pasadena 2022 playing did tier limit uh to shizu bestial stuff self mill pile not self just mill because the shizu cards also mill your opponent stuff that's that's fair but they're primarily there to mill yourself right so yeah you, you, you don't want to you don't want to mill your opponent too much yeah because then they also get their effects off right <laughs> so we, of course, want to congratulate Hani on his wonderful win, and we also want to congratulate Mr. Jesse Cotton for his runner-up finish. Uh, a, a bit of an un, a big unfort for Jesse, who is coming off of, I believe, back-to-back YCS runner-ups. Yep, finally got knocked down. Golf no. clapped for the both of them. Knocked down? That's a bit of a harsh way to say it. That is true. It's more of a c- 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 combo breaker, I guess. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Cotton is one of the best duelists of the modern age. Oh, easily. And he has an a litany of accolades to go with it. Multiple, I think, three back to back to back worlds appearances. Uh, he is without a doubt one of the best duelists in the Yu-Gi-Oh TCG. And I don't want any disrespect put on oh, his absolutely name. Absolutely not. No, I. I say all of that in a friendly manner. Yeah. Um, most importantly, though, I would just say, oh my goodness. Both duelists played an amazing <laughs> finals. Me and Kayla went back. We watched it because we didn't get to watch it quite live. Yeah. We turned it on as it was ending. Yeah, like it already ended and all the cheering. You could still see people in the back just, oh my God. Just in yeah, the yeah, back. just, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, without a doubt, one of the best matches of Yu-Gi-Oh! I've seen in a long time. And there was quite a surprising amount of back and forth. I mean, at one point, didn't they go up to Chainlink 12? Close to it. Yeah. Close to it. And there was a whole lot of, cool, activate this effect, response. Yeah, I'm going to activate this effect. Cool, response, activate. It was just a lot of back and forth. Yes. Okay. In resolution, I got this, this, and this. What do you got? I got like this, this, and this going off. Right. Yeah, it was such a unique matchup. So, as we said, Hani was playing the Ishizu Tier Limit Bistiel deck, which was also exactly what Jesse Cotton was playing. Almost card for card. Yes. Uh, we don't have exact deck lists, yeah, yeah. but that deck has like 35 cards set in stone. 
yeah so there's really not a lot of room for uh experimentation or what's the word i'm looking for there's not it's not a whole lot of room for like uh flavor flair flair yeah 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 personalization yeah yeah you know it's like text yeah yeah there's not a whole lot of room in the deck for just personal text right so i do want to say though i we are in official. We are officially in a tier zero format. Yes, without a doubt, this is a hundred percent officially a tier zero format, and that can be pretty, pretty set in stone when you look at the top cut mm-hmm. of YCS Pasadena today. So, if you look at the top cut, you see twenty six of top thirty two was. Ishizu tier limits. Now, some were playing the Bestial package, some were not, but 26 of top 32 was Ishizu tier, which, mm. when you do the math, works out to what, Caleb? Uh, 26 divided by 32. 26 divided by 32. Uh, 81%. Yeah, so. Rounding down, because it's like 81.25. Yeah. Over 80% of top cut is Ishizu tier. That is insane. That is what is that like 16 points above the minimum requirement for tier zero uh yeah yeah i mean the number i've always heard was 65 percent top cut yeah. representation is tier zero but i i you could call it 70 because at 70 you're more than double the entire rest of the field regardless of what number you want to put it at yeah it's tier zero. Oh yeah without no, it doubt. it's even if you're like no it's got to be at least 80 this is 81. Right. Let's look at the decks. Let's just take a moment to talk about the decks that made an appearance in Top Cut despite not being that. So we have six mm-hmm. decks, which are uh, just Sprite. I don't know if this is pure Sprite or if this is some variant of Sprite. Yeah, or like some Sprite with another engine splashed in or a bunch of engines. We won't know until we get the deck lists. Right. Uh, there were two other sprites, but they were both Bistial sprites specifically. Mm. So I don't know quite what was going on with the pure sprite decklist, but it's something that I would really love to mm. see. Definitely. Uh, two <clears throat> Fluanderies. This, in a way, almost makes sense. This is, mm. th- to me, this is reminiscent seeing Fluanderies in Top Cut of the evil swarms in Top Cut in the uh, Dragon Ruler format because it's just, it directly counters the best yeah. deck. So you see a smattering of it. I just had an evil thought. That's um, not, that's not surprising me at all. Does Flawanderies care about graveyard effects at all? No, they actively avoid them. They can run Soul Drain. I mean, yeah, it is Skill Drain, but but, graveyard. but a Bistweller flavored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> Usually, they prefer to just run Dimension Shifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but uh, all their stuff when it leaves the field just gets banished. Pretty yeah, much. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, but Soul Drain though, it is funny. Yeah, just they're like, yeah, I got this. Flip a Soul Drain. Huh. That's interesting. Um, and then the last card is Math. The last deck is Math Mech. I can only assume just a really good Math Mech player. Either that, or he got really, really lucky. I mean, they might just be goaded with the sauce, dude. That dude sounds like he's goaded with the sauce. That that's insane. So, but 
overall, just... You know what tech I'm surprised didn't get there? What? Exorcisters. Um... Is that the, is pretty interesting. Yeah. It just won, it won a regional in Central America. Yeah, but then here it does nothing. Yeah, that's I, weird. I wonder what the... Maybe, maybe it's just that people just aren't interested in playing the deck? I don't know. So, we this was not the only event that we did have this weekend, though. We also had an event in Hamburg, Germany, Ooh. which was... we have It was a regional, and we had the top eight from that, which first place was Sprite. Okay. Uh, the rest of top four was three tier limit Ishizu and then top eight was three tier limit Ishizu and mine burn it'd be like that sometimes only in the only in the birthplace of the hamburger yeah so you have six tier limit Ishizu there which is obviously 75% once again still tier zero mm -hmm. and we have Bordeaux France which we have the entire top eight of that also which is, let's see here, seven tier limit Ishizu and one Rika. That is Rika. That, yeah, Rika. Huh. I mean, Rika won European the European World Championship qualifier like a month ago or two months ago. Yeah, it's a good deck. That was before. That was before Ishizu came and just. Well, how about this? Burnaby, British Columbia. One of the top eight lists was Nichuria. Nichuria. So you haven't seen this deck yet, have you? Not recently. You haven't been tracking the meta. Not not really. I okay. I'm just like there's, Ishizu tier element. There's a Na Naturia Ishizu deck. Uh-huh. That Naturia's got a bunch of new support in the most recent set, Darkwing Blast. Yeah, they got like Mole Cricket and a flower. Camellia. Yeah. Yeah, they're crazy. When they go to the graveyard, they get effects off. Oh <laughs> that face you made there was priceless. Um, oh. uh, audio listeners love you to death. Uh, you need to you need to watch that so you can see Caleb's face there. He made the best face. I make good facial expressions. He does. Funny. He does. Um. So yeah, Nature Ishizu did get a top eight, which I happen to know that that's the deck that Gage took to Pasadena, and he said it sucked. So I'm happy for this person that did it. I saw I saw MBT's 10 minute testing of the deck. It looks very cool. I won't be playing it though. Hey, hey, maybe maybe we're just not good enough. We're all. Yeah. Obviously, that dude is on a different level than yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we had a Fayetteville, Arkansas regional, which top four. We have an Ishizu tier limit. And then we have a couple of top eights, which are a rank four runic deck, which is weird. Oh, because I I think because they're fusions that they just kind of special summon are all level four. That makes sense. So you just spam into abyss dweller got it and then tri brigade sprite also got top eight there <laughs> fayetteville's on some weird stuff uh next we have uh, another german regional heidenrod kemmel heidenrod kemmel yeah yeah um which we all we have three of the top eight decks which are one tier limit danger and two tier limit ishizu well we have two merida mexico which were one top four, which is Fluandries, and a top eight for Sprite. And then Morgantown, West Virginia, we have a top eight Sprite. So, with that said, it is very, very clear. It is not just this one YCS. It is also backed up by a lot of regional results that Ishizu Tier is the best deck, and it's not close. It's, it's not remotely close. And I do apologize to people who are from that last city, but, uh... 
Expreich den Deutsch. I don't speak German. But then you, but you just said a sentence in German. Yes. I know two sentences in German. One of them is I don't speak German. And the other one is something you're you're not allowed to say on the podcast? No, it's Du sprachen Sie English? Do you speak English? Yeah. Fair enough. Um I know a little bit more uh, Spanish than that though. I know none of either of them. I know a, a smidge of French. I know. Parlez-vous français? Parlez-vous anglais? Yeah. That's all. Like that. That's all. The, that's all the French I know. And I don't for, think. I don't think it's anglais and French. Probably it's probably in inhalés. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, and then for Spanish, I know. Uh, I didn't pay that close attention uh, in French class. Tu habla inglés. Uh, el pollo burrito, por favor. Do you can, can you get? Do you have a chicken burrito? No, may I have a chicken burrito? Oh, <laughs> oh uh, it's not a. Do you have? It's give one to me. No, I want one. No, may I have? Uh, and then there's also uh, el baño. I don't know that. The bathroom. Oh, fair enough. With an upward inflection. <laughs> With an upward inflection, audio listeners love you to. to to uh denote a question yeah, yeah yeah i'm still doing it <laughs> um so, so like we said first place for ycs pasadena was a shizu tier second place is shizu tier from jesse cotton uh the other two in top four were cody angelov playing a shizu tier and vincent wong playing a bestial sprite uh top eight you have um let's see uh brian gomez playing it well it's all a shizu tier but Brayon Gomez, Gabriel Nets, uh, Canadias Lu, and Walter Jewell. Uh, and then top 16, we have all Ishizu tier except for one Fluanderese. Oh my god. And top 32 is like we said, everything was Ishizu tier except for a couple Flus, a couple Sprites. So now, what I find really, really interesting about this particular format with this particular top 32. Going through top 32, Hani Jahari, Jesse Cotton, Vincent Wong. I have heard of Vincent Wong, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, Cody Angeloff, Gabriel Nets, Walter Jewell, uh, mm-hmm. Dominic Couch, Jake Kinsey, uh, so Vladis uh, Baranovskis. That is Vlad Hypnocorn, I believe. Man, what a name. Yeah, he's that he's like an editor for Farfun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Dude, cool dude. Yeah, yes. He was he was extremely nice at uh, YCS Niagara when I met him. Mm-hmm. Um that and then we have Charlie Futch. Let's see. Um and Pakawat. And Ryan Jabri. That is off the top of my head. 11 extremely well-known extremely successful players now i'm sure all of these players are good players i'm not saying the other ones are not good but when you have that many big names oh my god in top cut like that to me what it says is it speaks on how extremely skillful of a format is it's very indicative of a skillful format when the top cut is dominated by the most skillful players Hmm? Unless something drastic happens, like an emergency ban list or something of the sort, which I do not see happening, I'm gonna be honest, I don't. I, I think we'll get a ban. I think we'll get a ban list and a little more of a time, like the next ban list, probably closer, 
a little bit closer about where it's supposed to be. Right. In a little more of a timely fashion. I'm thinking around January, mid-January, because yeah, last season we got, last year we got an October ban list and then January, so I, I'm kind of putting money on January. Now, there's a lot of talk about an emergency ban list happening because the Ishizu tier cards are so dominant, oh and God. there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory backing it up that if the tier limits cards, to everybody's shock, were not short printed even a little bit. If anything, they were overprinted. Huh. So the Ishizu cards are very, very affordable. Like realistically, you can get the entire Ishizu core. Like 60 bucks. No, like I'd say like 80, 85. Fair, fair. Still, $85 for the entire Ishizu core was less than half of what people were expecting. People were expecting mm-hmm. two to 250. Oh, easily. So when you think about that, really in in all honesty that in and of itself is a legitimate case for the for the ishizu cards getting hit with an emergency ban list well the issue though is that then is is that in my opinion that would actually be the opposite that they're not going to hit the ishizu parts because they overprinted them because if they, they were, were going to hit tier limit they would have hit it on the ban list after they they hit sprite they could have hit tier limit and they didn't because they wanted to sell the shizu stuff okay but if that's the case and they really wanted to push that particular product using the shizu stuff they would have short printed this way you don't have the entire player base complaining that they bought all these short printed cards. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Right, because what happens is if you short print the cards, it makes people want to buy more and more and more Mm. product. Whereas this way, you slam the product full of high-end staples to give it that estimated value pulled, and then you don't short print those cards. So you slam it full of other cards that are good, don't short print those cards. That way, if you emergency do an emergency adjusted list in like two or three weeks, then people aren't out near as much money as they would be because the high estimated value pull due to all the good staples as well as all the good stuff, everything in that set is really cheap, but in a good way, right? It's not everything's cheap because the set's bad. Not at all. Everything is cheap because the set is that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're estimating hmm. as a vendor, when their estimated value pulled is really high because there's so many good cards, it makes the entire value of everything in set go down. That's why nothing in the Megatons is ever super duper expensive. Usually. Yeah, usually. Because usually if there's that many good cards in the Megatons, your estimated value pulled gets a lot, lot higher. So sets like Blazing Vortex from last year, there was exactly one good card in that set which was pot of prosperity and nobody bought the set because there were no good cards in set so prosperity got much higher whereas if you look at other cards that don't get that much more expensive a lot of times if you look at it it's because it's from a very good set with a lot of chopped up value that's why that's why um tri brigade kit was a six dollar super rare because the estimated value pulled from that set same set as prosperity that was the second best card in the set so, you, the vendors have to get their value somewhere. You okay there? I'm just nodding along, pretending like I understand. 
More good cards, lower prices. Less good cards, higher prices. Yeah. That, I know, did not go over <laughs> your head. So, regardless, because there's so many good cards in the set, and there's not any short printing, except for Mo Yi, which is incredibly short printed for some reason, but there's no major, major stuff that's really short printed. So, as a result, you end up with a deck that is almost affordable almost i mean realistically you can get the entire shizu tier limit deck except for the primitive planet perlinos those are gonna be like 300 dollars for the playset. uh 240 they're like 80 a piece fair so if you look at that you're looking at without primitive planets you can get the entire deck main and extra maybe 250 85 for the okay 85 for the ishizu engine yeah um you can just say 15 dollars for all of the tier limit main deck cards yeah because they're all common and like except for rhino heart yeah who is a secret ultra ultra they're 15 a piece i think i'm I'm thinking of a kaleido heart yeah so we'll say 135 is where we're at and then you look at the the four extra deck ones that you need and two sprite cards that you need. So two sprite cards together are 30. <coughs> the four extra deck cards you need combined are 50. So that's another 80. So you're at two something. And then say 20 or 30 bucks for the uh, for the bestials. About 30, 35, 40 dollars uh, for the bestials. Cl- closer to 300. I mean, where I'm at is right at 250, but that's without staples. Yeah, shipping. Shipping. It's without yeah. taxes or shipping. Yeah, yeah. So I would say right around the 300 dollars mark. Yeah, but a lot of the time, to- a lot of that stuff you might already have. Just honestly. lying around. I-, I mean, the bestials—they're expensive, sure, but they were super rares. Yeah, but then you know, then of course, like if you if you just happen to have opened a lot of Power of the uh, Elements and Darkwing Blast. Yeah, you probably have like all of that stuff you probably have like a good chunk of that of the uh you definitely have like all of the main deck tier limit stuff outside of exactly rhino heart yeah you probably have all the commons just lying around yeah all the commons and supers and stuff um you need like soliac crime and tier limits heartbeat and i want to say there's another spell you run so yeah yeah anyway so regardless though I want to take a look at an Ashizu tier list and kind of give people an idea of what a list looks like. Now, this is an Ashizu tier bestial list, and this is Walter Jewel's top eight deck list from YCS Pasadena. Uh, credit to Team Bortle for posting this deck list. This deck list is on his channel if you want to go check it out. So, In a timely fashion. Yes. Appreciate you. So to start off with, early in the deck profile, immediately he goes into you have three of all the tier limit monsters, right? So three Rhino Heart, three uh, Merly, three Sharon, and three Havness, and then he is playing three planets. Okay, uh, terraforming instant fusion and two tier limit Scream, which is the spell card that you play two of. Then you're going to play one Crime, one Solik, which are the two trap cards. 
And after that, you go into the Ishizu engine. So the Ishizu engine, you play three Kelbeck. Three you, Medora. Yeah, three or three Medora, three Keldo. Yeah, it's not Kelbeck, it's Keldo. Yeah, so three Medora, three Keldo. And then I think it's one Kelbeck and no Agito. Agito is one is is a very interesting card. Yes. Agito is a weird one. Because it also makes your opponent mill, and in this format, you almost just don't want your opponent to mill. Well, I mean, so does um, Kelbeck. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, but he does he does something else in addition to making your opponent mill. Right. So next up on the list, we have the Bestial Engine. So three Magnemut, three Druiswarm, three Saranir. Straight up, three, three, three. They're all supers. Now the Magnemuts are about ten apiece. The Druiswarms are three apiece, three to five. And Saranirs are, I think, the cheapest one. But the Bestial Engine is going to be really critical in doing a couple things. It is interruption and it helps you close games. But yeah. essentially, the Bestials act as the um, act as the hand traps of the deck. And he's also playing three Ghost Bell. But I think that there's other places you can take this list to make it. He is playing three of the field spell, but I think a list more like what Hani is playing, where Hani is playing the Diviners and the yeah. the Herald, of Orange, Herald of Orange Lights. And it gives you a bunch of cool plays, right? Because it gives you Baron plays and it gives you the Herald of Orange Light as a hand trap. And it sends your... Obviously, it sends an Ishizu card potentially to the graveyard mm -hmm. to trigger the Ishizu cards, which is broken. Oh, yeah. So he's playing two Kit Kalos. Or, yeah, two Kit Kalos. One Kaleido Heart, one Roll Kalos, one Mud Dragon of the Swamp, one Garura. Then you have one Dark Charmer, one Sprite Sprint, one Sprite Elf. Not gonna lie, I thought that was a Topologic Bomber Dragon. I was like, what? No, 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 that's a Sprite Elf. Uh, Gigantic Sprite, Downer Magician, Divine Arsenal, AA Zeus. And then, of course, a couple of necessary cards. <clears throat> Excuse me. You are also playing a Beatrice. A, an Abyss Dweller, and a Baguska. So, and that's the extra deck. Now, the side deck, that's going to be subjective. Yeah. Um, the side deck is going to change depending on the format, depending on what's happening, yeah. all of that. Depending upon, uh, I mean, it's even going to depend upon what kind of tournament you're going into. Like, if you're going on, like, if you're going to a local, you're going to have a completely different side deck than if you're going to a regional. Right. Which is going to be a different side deck from if you're going to, to a YCS. It's going to be a completely different side. Yeah, for sure. So, something that we wanted to do, though, going into this, was I wanted to talk about the Ashizu cards in particular. I want to talk about exactly what they do. So, I want to—I know we read off the effects of the Ashizu cards, like, several months yeah, ago. Yeah. I, th I think it's time for a quick little refresher. Yes, for sure. So, we're going to go through, we're going to reread the—there's five Ashizu cards that you need to be aware of. Four monsters and a trap card. Yes, We'll read through them, talk about them a little bit, and and I got a funny, a funny thing that I've that I figured out that I can do with this deck. Yes. So, um, not the deck, but these cards. Yes. So, first off, we're gonna start with Medora, the Sword Oracle. So Medora is a level four Earth Fairy, like they all are. Mm -hmm. uh, are they all level four? Yes. Okay. So they're all level four Earth Fairies. Medora says you can discard one other earth fairy monster, which is cost special summon this card from your hand. 
Then you can place one Gravekeeper's Trap from your deck face up in your spell and trap zone. Quick effect, you can banish this card from your field or graveyard, then target up to three cards in any graveyards, or up to five if Exchange of the Spirit is on your field or in your graveyard. Never gonna happen. Yeah. Some people are playing Exchange of the Spirit. Really? Yes, they're That's checking cool. one because they can mill it and then do more. That's cool. Yes. So up to three or five of Exchange of the Spirit is there. Shuffle them into the deck. You can only use each effect once per turn. Okay. Then we have Keldo, the Sacred Protector. You can discard one other Earth Fairy monster, special summon this card from your hand. Then add one Exchange of the Spirit or one card that mentions it from your deck to your hand. So, quick effect. You can banish this card from your field or graveyard. Then target up to three cards in any graveyard or five if Exchange of the Spirit is, is on your field or in your graveyard. Shuffle them into the deck. So, you, this one lets you add Exchange of the Spirit and so yeah, add Exchange of the Spirit or a card that mentions it. Mm -hmm. They all mention it. Therefore, you can search for any of them. Right. And then quick effect, shuffle three or five. Yeah. And then literally the exact same thing that Medora does. Yes. Next you have Kelbeck. So there's Medora, Keldo, and Kelbeck. And I believe Agaido. The stats are a bit different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was seeing if the stats were the same because Oh no, no, they're all different. Well, Medora and Kelbeck are the same. Really? Yes. Weird. And is very close. Okay. Kelbeck. If a card or cards is sent from the hand or opponent's hand or deck to your opponent's graveyard, except during the damage step, you can target one special summon to monster your opponent controls. Special summon this card from your hand, then return that monster to the hand. If this card is sent from hand or deck to the graveyard, you can activate this effect. Each player sends the top five cards of their deck to the graveyard, or their entire deck if less than five. Then, if Exchange of the Spirit is in your graveyard, you can set one trap from your graveyard. Each effect once per turn. That's any trap, by the way. It just says set a trap. Yes. I'm going to reset this solemn judgment, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, then we have Agito the Ancient Sentinel. If a card or cards is sent from the hand or deck to the opponent's graveyard, except during the damage step, you can special summon this card from your hand. Then you can special summon one level four earth fairy monster from your graveyard, except Agito. If this card is sent from the hand or deck to the graveyard, you can activate this effect. Each player sends the top five cards of the deck to the graveyard, or the entire deck of less than five. Then in exchange of the spirits in your graveyard, you can send five more cards from the top of either player's deck to the graveyard. So, essentially, this is what we have. Medora and Keldo can special summon themselves for free by pitching an Earth Fairy. By sending another, by discarding an Earth Fairy. Then Medora will place a Gravekeeper's Trap from your deck face up, and then you can banish it from Field or Grave to shuffle three back. Now, the key thing, key thing to keep in mind with Medora is that he's not activating from the deck, and he's not setting from the deck. It just goes places on the field, it. places yeah. it face up. Keldo, you can special summon it for free by discarding, and then you add a card that mentions Exchange of the Spirit, which is all of them. So you can mm -hmm. search one of them. And then Quick Effect, you can banish it from your field or grave and shuffle three or five, just like Medora. Now, Kelbeck says if a card is sent from hand or deck to your opponent's graveyard... Doesn't matter, doesn't matter why. Right. You target a special summon to monster your opponent controls, special summon it from your hand, and then bounce that monster. Compulse it. Oh, look at that, you ashed. Get punished. Yeah, uh, yeah, really. Uh, and then if this is sent from hand or deck to grave, 
you can have each player send a top five cards of their deck to the graveyard. And then if exchange the spirits there, you set a trap. And then a Guido is if a card is sent from hand or deck to your opponent's graveyard, special on this, then special on a level four earth fairy from your graveyard except itself. And then if it's sent from hand or deck to grave, you can have players mill five or 10 of exchange of the spirits there. Okay, so I know I just repeated all the effects, but I'm trying to condense it a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so the funny thing about these, particularly uh, Medora and Keldo. Keldo. Sure. They allow Medolce to very easily go full board, activate their effects to shuffle back three and banish themselves, and then shifter. Yeah. At the can, end of the turn. Yeah, you can go full combo and then just shifter at the end of your combo, which is pass a with wild the, thing to say. Pass with a full board and a shifter and an active shelf shifter. Which is a wild thing to say. And, oh, and then and then it makes your shifters live later. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but also it gives you extra bodies on board to push through. And yes, you won't be able to do some things because they require specifically middle J's. Yeah. But then you can just kind of shrug at it and go, oh no, start making an Abyss Dweller or a Baguska. Yup. It's insane. And finally, the two, the three main Medolce monsters, uh, well, there's four main ones, uh, Magellan, Petting Sessior, Pudding Sess, and Angeli. Sure. Three of those are all, are Earth Fairies themselves. Yep. And then also you got the Vernus Sylphs, who also basically do that as well. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Medolce, Vernus Sylph, and Shizu uh, and a Shizu cards sound like a kind of a crazy combo. Oh yeah, it's it, it's definitely interesting. So you know, I, I got some I got something to work on you for got some cooking to do. Got some I got some recipe brewing to do for the next two months. Also, can we just take a moment to embrace how wild it is? That Keldo is $35 on presale and it's now a $5 card. I know, right? Right. Medora. It's crazy. Medora was $35 also. Also now a $5 card. I, I think it's because th- people were expecting these to be short printed to heckin' back. Yeah. And they were not. Yeah. It's it's a wild thing to think about. You, you know what I think happened? What? I think so short printing them. They just had them printed at the uh, normal rate that you they would print literally any other card in the set, and just no one has noticed that that's how it's supposed to work. Because, well, no, that's that was the first ten minutes of our conversation. No, no, like the, me thinking about it and hearing that made me go, maybe they just decided to not short print it, but they also didn't like increase it. It's just the normal print rate. Yeah, I mean it probably is just the normal print rate, but and it is the way that's that it... crazy. That's insane. That's mind blowing. Yeah. Okay, there's one more which is Gravekeeper's Trap, which is not run that often, but it's it, worth mentioning. Even if they do, they run one. <clears throat> yeah. While Exchange of the Spirit is in your graveyard, your opponent cannot activate the effects of cards in the graveyard or special <clears throat> monsters from the graveyard. That on its own is that's kind of worth good. it's kind of worth the brick with exchange of the spirit yeah and especially when you can just activate this from your deck 
and mill exchange of the spirit out. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, <clears throat> you can only use each of the following effects once per turn. During the main phase, you can discard one card, add one Gravekeepers or Earth Fairy from your deck to your hand. Yeah, that's pretty good. During your opponent's draw phase, before their normal draw, if this before their normal draw, if this card is already face up on the field, declare one card name. Look at the cards drawn for their normal draw, and if it was the declared card, send it to the graveyard. I have seen people hit on this. Oh my god. MBT in his 10-minute testing was playing this in the Naturia um, Ishizu deck, and he declared Sprite Blue and hit. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Smoked him. It, it's without a doubt the craziest thing that you can do is just hit off of it. To be fair, there's no cost to just declaring something. Yeah, and not only that, you just say, wow, what hurts me the most right here? What would be the worst thing for my opponent to draw? If they don't draw it, cool. If you're they, in a good spot. If they do, they have to discard it. Yeah. Man, it would be terrible if, you know, I, if they my drew, opponent uh, drew a, a bestial Druiswarm. Peace. Or, uh, man, I really hope they don't draw they don't draw into Lava Golem. Yeah. Lava Golem. Oh, look at that! You would have had me there, buddy. It's an insane thing to think about. Yep. Honestly, it's such... The deck is so good, but the thing that really sticks out to me is how skillful it is to play. Oh my lord, is is five-headed. Yeah, playing a Shizu tier mirrors, there is no... There's no free game. Everything is insane. We were watching the finals match, like I said. It was the one of the craziest games of Yu-Gi-Oh I've ever seen. It looks like so much fun. Just constant back and forth, back and forth. Oh my god. Yeah. So now you might be wondering, Okay, this deck is crazy. You've emphasized enough mm -hmm. how much this deck, how crazy this deck is. How do I stop it? There's a couple of things you can do. Dweller is a heck of a card if you can make it. <laughs> He's right. Make Dweller. That's your first line of defense. Make Dweller. Dweller is really good. The next thing I can recommend is there's a couple of cards that you can run to really help out. Things like the Bistial. The Bistial engine is insane because it gives you the ability to obviously stop the tier limit monsters from resolving. It gives you the ability to stop the, um, you can use it on the Ishizu cards when they go to shuffle things back into the deck, the Keldo and the Medora. When they go to shuffle something back into the deck- They have to shuffle all three. No, that's not true. No, I thought they did. No, no, they don't have to shuffle all three, but you can, if they're wanting to shuffle back their tier limit names- Oh, you can just banish them. You can okay. just banish them. Or if they want to shuffle back something so they can keep reusing stuff, you can you can, you can can send it away. Yeah. So the Bestial Engine is very good. And in the same vein, obviously DD Crow is also yeah. extremely good. Dimension Shifter, different dimension grounds. Silent Graveyard. Anything that's going to shut down the graveyard in that vein. Soul Drain. Yeah, if you can play Soul Drain, that is a good card to play right now. Which is literally just Skill Drain, but for the graveyard. There's also Mind Drain, which is skill, skill Drain, but for the hand. Yes. So, I would say if you can... Any of those cards that blanket negate the graveyard, like we said, you, you have Abyss Dweller and Silent Graveyard do that. 
or you have um, different dimension ground and dimensional shifter stop things from going there in the first place. Macrocosmos, even. Oh, d d dimension fissure? Yes, D fissure. Uh, actually, dimension fissure is the one I was thinking of, not macrocosmos. Macrocosmos is probably too slow. It also does the job, but yeah, it's probably too slow. Well, no, no. It, re it would really depend because if because if you like go your whole turn and not mill them and then you just go set it and pass, it's fine. Right. Um, something you could do is if you can make it easily. Shen Shen. Yeah, but that's only a card sent from the field. But you can still do virtual world QB Shen Shen. So. Yeah, yeah. Something uh, it's not about. as good. It's something. It, it's better than nothing. Yeah. So. At the end of it, you want to stop their effects. So you can run things like you can even go kind of deep into the tank. You can run the if you're running the deck, I would recommend running the Herald of Orange Light package. Huh? Yeah, Herald is good. And if you're not running the deck, you can run even cards like Skullmeister. Mm -hmm. You can run Ghost Bell. You should, in fact, you should probably be running Ghost Bell. And I would even say that you should... Ghost Ogre is decent because you can hit the field spell. Yeah, That's but... why I said decent. Like, yeah. Not good. It's really not good because you really only hit a Soliac. And yeah. even if you hit the Soliac, then when it goes to Grave, it's going to get an effect. So it's kind of... Yeah. It's kind of oh. iffy. I wouldn't run Ghost Ogre. I still have another card. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, uh different dimension barrier different dimension barrier yeah the the one that everyone hates that's like dimensional barrier yeah thank you dimensional barrier and also non-fusion area non yeah non-fusion area would do the job yeah D it literally says not a player can fusion summon yes the issue with those cards are that they're really slow yeah oh yeah no like like with the uh, dimensional barrier, you have to set it pass. Again, if you're playing a deck that doesn't mill your opponent, does it matter? You have to be going first, and Bingo, even then, yeah. they have other things that they can do. That's entirely fair. They they they're not restricted. They can link. They can fusion. They can exceed. They can synchro. We saw Hani make Baron the Fleur. Yeah, with uh, non fusion area with with barrier, they can only link summon. I mean, potentially, but you're probably going to call Fusion every time. Fair. So, unless you just read the game state that well. Yeah, yeah, but it's still a thing. I don't think there's any world where you can play this format without running Triple Tactics Talent. Uh, you could probably get away with it for a time. It would really depend on whether or not you're playing a Siju tier element. If you are playing it, you might be able to get away with it at, like, locals. Possibly even regionals. Here's my reasoning. The Ishizu tier deck, as we saw in the finals match... Oh, yeah, it's just constant monster effects going back and forth both turns. It's it's communist Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Our turn. Our turn. <laughs> and even when it's not the Ishizu tier deck... The second best deck is probably Fluanderese. Which is also our turn, brother. Or Sprite, which has Elf, which summons on your turn. And so, Toad. And sometimes Toad, yeah. I mean, everything plays on your turn now, so... Yeah. 
Triple Tactics talent is uh, kind of broken. Yep. So good, good thing it's uh, reasonably inexpensive. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Magnificent Mavens is a very reasonably priced set on a lot of cards. Uh, yeah, like, like what is that really nice looking ultra rare uh, change of heart? A um, couple of dollars. A hundred and thirty dollars. No, the the other nice one. Oh, we well, said the really nice one. Fair. A dollar. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't even like, cause like, cause like, cause like the ultras in this set or in this set I found or uh, that I found have, have looked really good. Yes, for sure. So like, it's so like the change of heart looks really good. The harpy's, the harpy's feather, feather duster, duster looks awesome. Ooh, and I can finally get a non-gold alt art Appaloosa. Yes, you can get your ugly Appaloosa. Uh, how much are those? Three dollars, four dollars. Nice. Yeah, skill drains at four dollars. By the way, if anybody yeah. has to, if anybody wants to send me some skill drains or talents or lightning storms or evenlies, I our PO box is yeah. down below. <laughs> but jokingly, yeah, joke, joke, jokingly. <laughs> that kind of hurts though. Seeing that seventy-six cents. Uh... Entus. Entus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, it hurts me seeing a $2.45 sword soul of Moyi. <laughs> when I say that that hurts, brother, it hurts. Uh, but back to the talents. Yes, talents are about the 10 bucks. The TTT, yeah. That's like reasonably inexpensive. Yeah. It's rough, still kind of rough, but... It's cards you will use until they ban it, most likely. Yeah, you will. It's a good card. And I don't see talents getting banned. But regardless, I would personally say that it's with everything playing so much on your turn these days, it's pretty it's much a must-have for me. Oh, you know, I can get change of heart. heart change of hot. Change of hat. Hot agreed. I don't know what that... I don't even know what that... Uh... That accent was, was. Uh, that accent was change of heart part of pot of greed or uh trap dash shoot okay so we have some pot some mailbag questions what do you say Woo, mailbag questions all right so um what are your thoughts on some certain rogue decks that have access to and are able to play shifter uh fluanderies is tier two but it's still good yeah because it can play shifter hilariously by the numbers it almost might be tier one um <laughs> technically it is the it, it is the second most represented deck in the room uh it might be a tie between flu and sprite but yeah fair sure. close enough yeah who cares um uh do you think it's a oh and madolce do you think it's a good choice that the tcg follows a different ban list you know, I go back and forth a lot on this. It really depends. Yeah, me too. But for me, it depends on the individual TCG exclusive cards. Yeah. Because that's what creates the different the differing game states. I generally like the TCG ban list more. I'm more a fan of there being less floodgates in our format. I say that. They have Mystic Mind banned. We have Vanity's Emptiness banned. It... Uh... That's definitely some give and take there. <clears throat> yeah, we have. Uh, let's see. I was gonna say skill drain at three. Don't they? Today. Don't they still have VFD? They have VFD. But you know what? 
we don't have wind-up carriers and maybe fair they have max c i would just rather play in the format without max c i think it's fine to have separate ban lists for now and i think it's almost kind of necessary considering how far ahead they are on a release schedule from us yeah oh yeah no, yeah no definitely uh what's the best spooky deck uh, a bit late but uh, the best spooky oh. deck thematically okay. not competitively okay we have three solid options actually i can think of two off the top of my head no four we have four solid options ghost trick vampires uh i'm okay i'm done what you got okay labyrinth because it is just a spook house sure technically and uh, you gotta rattle them gotta rattle them be- skelly boys with the skeletons the whites oh skull servants baby i don't even know that i count skull servants gotta rattle them bones rattle rattle i have many comments that but i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> got gotta play the gotta play the uh Ah, oh, I keep replaying this one scene from Army of Darkness with like the one skeleton soldier just playing a, f- a flute that's made out of a bone. Yeah. Short time listener, first time asking. I'm getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh after stopping in 2014-ish with Lightsworn's and Noble Knights being the decks I was using. I just bought three Fallen of Albash structure decks. What should I add and how would you play that deck? So, uh, first off, thank you so much for listening to our podcast and joining our discord server and asking questions we really appreciate it uh second off the best thing i can recommend is to go on youtube and find some videos yes so i would say if you bought three fallen of all by structure decks i would add branded openings alubers and then hand traps like i would not add ash blossom this particular format yeah Ghost Bell. I, still, I don't know if Ghost Bell was in that structure deck, but I don't know either off the top of my head. But I know you can get Ghost Bells for real cheap because it, yes. it was in uh the Crystal B structure deck. Yes. So yeah. But I would definitely look into the look into the. Um, I think you're going deck to, lists. I think they also need Guardian Chimeras. Yeah, you need two Guardian Chimeras. You can get away with one maybe, but you really need two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Do you think that when, if we get a Master Roll 6, Konami will use it to slow down the pace of the game? Maybe doing something like limiting the number of special summons to 10 or 15, or maybe making you only be able to play two of each monster or something else. Another thing they could do would be use the same kind of banlist Duel Links uses and limit all generic boss monsters. Um, I don't see the Duel Links banlist thing happening yeah. or the only playing two of each monsters because these are essential essential core things that we've had from the very beginning of the game now essential core things have changed before they do that with master rules all the time but Uh, this is something that they've never touched in 20 years because they like the way it is yeah Uh, same thing with two copies versus three yeah my biggest issue with the whole oh you know put a cat limit on how many specials per turn is then you have to keep track of that and Which that's is already a lot to keep track of in the game. Yeah, because then you also keep track of whether or not, you know, fifteen different cards have been used this turn because they're only because they only be used once per turn. Right. But now you also keep track of how many times you summon past five. I think Konami will do something to shake the game up quite a bit in Master Roll Six, if we ever get one. 
we should next year. Theoretical. Yeah. If they follow the schedule that they've been following for 15 years, but they don't oh, really yeah. have to do that, so it's weird. Yeah. Um, so we could see them try to slow the game down, but I, more and more I think about it, I almost think they like these fast-paced, high-octane gameplay. I mean, we just talked about the best finals we had ever seen. Yeah. So, uh, what are your top five One Piece antagonists? In no particular order, mm-hmm. Don Quixote do Flamingo, Crocodile, uh, Rob Lucci, uh, Enel, and... Aki- uh, Ak- Akainu. Ooh. I agree with all but one. Which one do you not agree with? I think Rob Lucci is garbage. Whoa! As an antagonist. Whoa! Wow! Cause to You're me- going to catch heat for yes. that. Because to me, his whole thing is just... Uh, is pretty much just... I'm badass assassin man. And you're boring me. I think it was was the level of threat and confidence. Similar to what we got from Crocodile and even Doflamingo to a certain extent. The confidence that they exude and seeing how they react when that comes crashing now, down. Like the Rob Lucci fight. Rob Lucci didn't get angry or upset or PO'd. He got excited when Luffy was taking him to his limit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he's the worst antagonist in One Piece. Okay. Not in my top five. Uh, but I would replace Rob Lucci with with uh, Buggy, mostly because of his, like, just how his character has changed from the beginning to now. I forget that you're a Buggy truther. <laughs> can't stand buggy how do i stop a shizu tear from appearing in my dream first you have to decide whether it's a dream or a nightmare if it's a dream then you buy the deck embrace it and use your sleep time to also work on combo lines if it's a nightmare just buy as many copies of dimension shifter as you can afford just count scapegoats true or scapegoat tokens yep maybe some stray lambs all right so that will wrap it up for today's episode we want to, of course, again, I can't stress this enough. Congratulations to Hani for winning the YCS. Such an amazing accomplishment. His first solo YCS win. Huge shout out to YCS. Huge shout out to Jesse Cotton for his runner-up finish. He's really doing amazing things, and his consistency is frightening. And, of course, we also want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So, again, a huge thank you to Dragon Shield TCG Player. Affiliate links down below. Millennium Threads, you can check them out at the link down below with a discount code, as well as Gem Accessories, same thing, discount code down below with the link. And of course, ETB Games for sponsoring the podcast. So, and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons and everybody who's joined our Discord server. Woo! So, with that said, thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Top Cut Podcast. Have a great week. Take care, everybody. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.